Welcome to Your Dream Gym, where today we're going to be chatting to Jack Thomas of The Fit Guide, um, and also a gym owner of uh, three clubs out in Bangkok. So we're going international again with today's episode. My name is Guy Griffiths, and I like to chat to people about their dream gym, clubs without any of the real world limits. And we also chat about their exercise, fitness background, and their weekly workouts. Your Dream Gym is a part of The Collective, a network of fitness industry professionals whose purpose is to help the industry to share, collaborate and grow. We've got a number of podcasts, including Health Seeker Stories, The Business of PT, so look those up. And you can follow us online on LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube and get involved if you want to comment or give me some feedback on this podcast, then use the hashtag Your Dream Gym. I'll pop back after this week's guest with some collective news and details of next week's guest. Next, you'll hear a quick word from our supporting partner this week, and then you'll be able to hear all about the dream gym of Jack Thomas. This episode is supported by Orbit 4. Drive operational excellence with Orbit 4. Operators can now gain transparency of the information needed to make informed, data-driven business decisions on procurement, finance, servicing and asset management. Orbit4 offer a comprehensive software solution to help manage commercial fitness assets. Operators benefit from having all their asset, service contract and operational safety check information in one place as well as a mobile app service ticketing solution for speed and ease of fault reporting. And for multi-site operators, Orbit4 provide a data control panel which aggregates all the important information to view immediately and take action. Easy to access, developed specifically for the fitness industry and supported by industry experts. Make asset management a dream with Orbit4. Book your demo today at orbit4.org. I'm excited to be joined today by Jack Thomas. Jack is a co-founder of The Fit Guide, which is the only global independent rating system for premium fitness clubs and studios. He's also the CEO of BASE, awarded Asia's Gym of the Year, and Class Pass's Bangkok's Best Studio. And in his spare time, Jack hosts the Fitness Business Asia podcast with a mission to raise standards in the fitness industry in Asia. Welcome to your dream, Jim Jack. Thank you, Guy. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. No, not at all. It's great, great to get you on and yeah, really keen to hear some of your ideas. But before we start, tell the listener a little bit about the Fit Guide quickly. It's not, it's not mystery shopping or reviews. It's much more of a, a Michelin guide for fitness clubs, right? Yeah, I think that's a good way for people to understand it. What the Michelin Guide is for restaurants, premium restaurants, right? Fine dining. We mm-hmm. are to premium fitness experiences. So it all started around about a year ago. A very good friend of mine who used to live in Bangkok, that's where I'm based. We were talking about what he does with hotel evaluations. So he's been in that industry for 15 years. Six of those working for Forbes Travel Guide. So some people may have heard of Forbes Travel Guide. They're the originators of the five and four-star reviews for hotels. And he was telling me about the process that he went through with hotels. And this is like the best hotels in the world, right? This is like your Ritz-Carlton's and the like. And he was telling me about the process. And I was thinking, this is so relevant to what fitness has become on the high-end 
of the market this real experience-based fitness you know your mm. barriers boot camps your soul cycles and the more he told me about it the more i thought this would work fantastically for my industry and what i'm doing and funnily enough whenever i went to new york london sydney i went to like a big city i would always go to the top gyms and i always do my own kind of review and my own assessment just mm. making notes in my phone or talking to my girlfriend about what she likes about the class and that really helps with my business so talking to him a year ago we just had this sort of harebrained scheme to set up yeah the michelin guide let's say for premium gyms and what started off as a bit of a sort of half drunken conversation quite quickly turned into a serious business because i woke up the next day and thought you know what there's really legs to this i think this mm -hmm. would do very well i think the industry is ready for something like this so many industries have these independent rating systems for excellence even golf courses private hospitals of course restaurants and hotels so me and my business partner, Matt Lavender, just felt, you know what? The fitness industry is ready. Let's do this. And we just went 100 miles an hour towards that goal. Excellent. And it's, it is, it's high-end clubs, right? It's high-end fitness clubs and studios that, that it's for. It's not, not for your, here in the UK, it's not really for a leisure center. It's a, a bit like the Michelin Guide. There's only you know, a certain number of restaurants in big cities who have a star or two, right? Correct. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So this is the space of the industry that I'm in. So base is premium. We're on the higher end of the market. You know, we charge pretty much Western rates. It's group class and personal training with no open gym. So yeah, you know, your One Rebels, your Barriers Boot Camps, your Soul Cycles is probably brands that are familiar to the listeners. So it's kind of mm -hmm. in that that space. We are looking at other areas of the industry. But the thing is with, say, big box or leisure centers, it's just a little bit less experience based. Mm. So it's more about the facilities, the equipment, perhaps how busy it is, the location. So I think there is some crossover. We are looking at it later down the line for sure. But now we focus on the real high end premium experiences in fitness. Yeah. So experience rather than the, the facility per se. And it's in Correct. Singapore initially coming to London, New York, or no, in New York already. Sorry, New okay. York first. Right. Yeah, yeah, we decided to go for the premier fitness market in the world, New York, which is where a lot of these concepts start, of course. There's pretty much a premium fitness concept on every block, every street corner. So we started in New York. That was about three months ago. Then in London. And then Singapore was launched a few weeks ago. We have Sydney coming up soon and then Dubai. And that'll probably be it for this year before we really mm -hmm. go hard next year in 2024. Amazing. So, yeah, it's, it is where those premium clubs are. And you're getting, are you getting to travel around a fair bit? Yes, yes, I am. I haven't been to all the launch cities because I have my business partner, Matt, and we can train evaluators up online, but we do have a final step for experience evaluators, as we call them. Those are, you know, what Michelin inspectors are to restaurants. We mm -hmm. call them experience evaluators. The final step in the process is to actually go through a class or a fitness experience with them and then do an evaluation with them afterwards to see if they can apply what they've learned online in, in the real world. So that has involved a little bit of traveling around, but we have small teams of evaluators in each city now. Nice, nice. Okay, cool. So let's get into a little bit more into, into Jack. Sure. And you've, you've got your own gym or gyms now in Bangkok. But That's before right. we get onto gyms and dream gyms, which we have been talking about a little bit, I suppose, what what is it that that kind of floats your boat or you know what what is exercise to you why are you active why is why is what is exercise to me it's shifted a lot over the years guy so mm. i first started training well i've always been sporting so when i was young exercise was just playing a sport playing football and then later on playing basketball i got very much into that in my teenage years actually sort of training for let's say health or aesthetics or a reason other than sports in competing 
was when I was about 18 years old. It was one of my first jobs. And I started going to the gym with some colleagues from work. And we basically just started doing bench press and bicep curls. It's probably the best way to put it. Absolutely no lower body, no legs, no squats, nothing like that. Just pumping the upper body. And that was kind of my first foray into fitness, really. And it was mostly for aesthetic reasons, right? Wanted to look good for the girls, wanted to put muscle on, all of that stuff. And Mm. over, so that was about 18, up to about 30. I kind of went through periods of training and feeling good and looking good. I did a few half marathons, mm-hmm. a lot of weight training still, started to introduce a little bit more lower body into my routine. And then as I got older, it just shifted more towards health, but still primarily aesthetics. Now at 40 years old, I'd say it's pretty much a 50-50 split between looking good and feeling good yeah. and also the more long-term health benefits. I look at my uncle, he's I think early 60s now, he's doing ultra runs. He did one across the England the other day that was 200 kilometers or something like that, it took him like 75 hours. And I look at my uncle doing that, he's an avid rock climber as well. And I think, you know what, that's what I wanna be like when I'm in my early 60s, right? And maybe even to 70s, 80s, like nowadays, it's a lot you can do. So as mm-hmm. you get older, and I think most people can kind of relate to this, if they're a little bit older, you know, your your, your motives for it shift and change. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, lots of guests do start off with that sport, aesthetics, and then yeah, moving more into not necessarily strength for the for, for looks sake, but you know, strength for health, which yeah, I'm sure your I'm sure your uncle is probably picking up some heavy stuff and putting it down again, not to look good, but to make sure that it doesn't get injured on that ultra run, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's probably 90% of the reason he does mm. it. I think that shift just continues, right, as you as you get yeah. older. I mean, we all want to look good, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think our primary reason does kind of shift over the years, for sure. Mm. So how have your workouts shifted then? What's your, what, what kind of workouts are you doing now in your 40s to get that balance between health and aesthetics? It's interesting because I've been thinking about this over the last few weeks, funnily enough, and I used to just smash out the workouts like there were no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Even five years ago, I used to love high intensity interval training, sprints. We do a lot of that at base. And I found in the last five years, I recover slower for Mm -hmm. sure. And I just don't feel like smashing out the workouts is really beneficial to my body. So definitely a big shift more towards doing strength training. Doesn't need to be like screaming on that last rep to get it out. You know, just make sure that you've got progressive overload. You're doing regular training, two to three strength sessions a week, and then supplementing that with some cardio. You know, at base, we kind of do high-intensity interval training and the like, but just not going to that sort of next level where you're gasping for breath on the floor afterwards. Mm. And I find it's hard because I automatically gravitate to that. I want to just smash out the workouts. I want to go really hard. So I have to really, like, control myself and tell myself not soon. And also at base, we have this kind of gamification technology that we built. So you can see how you're ranking. You can see how you are compared to one year ago, five years ago. That's something we built into our group class concepts. And it's really hard for me to uh, see what my friends did or see what I was doing a year or two ago and not try and beat that. But by controlling that a little bit more, I can definitely feel the benefits. And, you know, I'm sure that will continue over the years, right? Just not smashing it out quite as much or quite as often. And then every now and again, you know, letting loose and going a little bit harder. Yeah. And you you are a, or there, there was an element of CrossFit. I think I saw that on your LinkedIn, CrossFit qualifications. Is, is, that, what, is that kind of what you're talking about with the hits and, you know, trying to smash out a workout or, or is, is, that, yeah. is that in the past now? Yeah, I think probably a more accessible version of CrossFit wouldn't be a million miles away. We use mm. Concept 2 rowers. We use assault bikes, dumbbells, barbell lifting. We don't do the sort of real technical Olympic lifting like CrossFit. But right. yeah, it's relatively similar and you, we use a lot of the same tools. 
Mm-hmm. So two or three strength workouts a week, and then a bunch of hit sessions, depending on what's going on at the club, or are you are you training outside the club? Yeah, still do sports. So I've got back into that. I was worried when I first got in the fitness industry that I would break my ankle like I did when I was 17 playing basketball and then I wouldn't be able to coach and I wouldn't be able to do my job so that kind of put me off doing sport for quite a while especially when I was doing a lot of coaching so I've been through the whole journey of being a coach a fitness manager before being a business owner and so when I was a coach if I'd broken my ankle or something like that it would have been disastrous so I really Mm. didn't play sport for a while but recently I've been getting back into it and I love it yeah basketball badminton not so much football but certainly basketball, getting back into that. And even that is is tough, right? Because that is like tough, high-intensity interval training. You are sprinting up and down, and mm-hmm. we're usually playing for two hours, kind of pick-up games. So, yeah, it definitely takes me a few days to recover from that, but I just love it. So not ready to give that up just yet. Yeah, and that, that, that competitive streak, as you said, that was the kind of origins of your exercise. So, you know, going back to sports and getting – you've been getting back into that, basically. Mm, yep. And I'm doing a Spartan race soon. So I'm just kind okay. of training for that. That will just be a 5k one, but I'll probably do a 10k or even a 21k, I think later in the year or next year. So mm-hmm. again, it's just nice to have something to to train yeah. towards, I think that yeah. kind of helps spur me on and keep the training going. And it's always a fun weekend, right? We've got a whole crew of people from base, my gym going. So we're making yeah. a bit of a weekend of it. Yeah, that was my next question. Who's it with? So it's it's with staff and members from the club. Yeah, 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 we've got a great community at base. So it's my girlfriend's very much involved in that community, my fiance. So we go to these events. She trains at base a lot. We have, yeah, members, clients, slash friends, I guess, at base. And we kind of go with them. We did one in Phuket last year, did a 10K Spartan, and we got a villa and stayed there and had a party afterwards and some drinks and stuff. And just a really fun weekend. Some people are really sort of competing and trying to do their best time. Most people that go are just sort of looking to get around, have a little bit of fun and help each other out. Yeah, yeah, it's the t- the team thing as much as anything else. Yeah, take, taking part, but yeah, there are some people, yourself included, by the sound of things, that are you know look, looking for a personal best. Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes this one that's coming up, I'm just looking to have fun and get round. Okay, but again, cool. the competitive nature does come out of me every now and again. And I want to, you know, go as fast as I possibly can. Need to keep that in check. Oh, and sorry, you said that's in a few weeks. That is in three weeks, yeah. Three or oh, sorry, four weeks. Four weeks until Spartan in Patia, yeah. So it's a few hours outside of Bangkok. Nice. So what's the so the training for that at the moment? You're still only two or three strength workouts a week, hit sessions. You're just hitting the gym, what every day, every other day. I find that every other day is my golden spot for going like quite hard with my workouts, but then mm-hmm. I'm pretty active anyway. And I'm still doing a little bit of coaching. So I do a few sessions a week. That's a good okay. chance to kind of get on my toes. Otherwise I'm kind of in front of the computer a lot. Bangkok is very hot, but I do try and walk around, use my watch, try and make sure I get at least 10,000 steps in. Yeah, and That's kind of, I feel so much better if I can do that. Most people in Bangkok will always take SkyTrain or a motorbike or drive. But I don't mind as long as it's not a meeting or something I'm going to, then I don't mind just walking around and, and getting hot, getting some yeah. sun and vitamin D. And that, yeah. that feels good for me. So I'll, I'll make sure I at least do that on my days off. Yeah. As long as you, if, if you're turning up somewhere, you can turn up sweaty. That's fine. Right. But exactly. Other, yeah. Exactly. Otherwise the transport is, is, is a necessity. And recovery mm. three time? Three to four. Yeah. Three to four tough sessions. Recovery time. Um, it depends how I go. So interestingly, Guy, a little point I've just thought of when you said that. I use my zone now. We use that at our club. And I find that if I don't get into the red zone, I feel much better the next day. So I do try to do that. So I try and stick to 80 to 90%. And if I'm really going hard, if I'm really pushing and going into that 90 plus zone, the red zone, I find, especially if I do that a lot during the workout, 
I'll just feel it much more the next day. But if I can okay. stay kind of 85, then I feel good. Mm. And so are you then planning more recovery? This is something I'm, I'm getting more and more interested in it off the back of one of our previous guests, Ollie Patrick, who was talking mm -hmm. about it at a conference recently and just talking about, you know, when we think about recovery, often people go, oh yeah, you need a Theragun and you need an ice bath and you need, but recovery is as much about having a good night's sleep and the right, the right refuel as well. So yeah. you've been in the red zone for a, a heavy session. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you doing something differently the next day? No, just trying to stay active, just trying to avoid sitting mm. down. Just anecdotally, when I sit down and I don't really move around, I feel stiff. I don't feel good when I get up and I go to walk or if I'm going to do a workout, let's say the next day. Whereas if I can just stay on my toes a little bit more, I feel good. So I really like this idea that just movement is good, whatever it is. It doesn't need to be high intensity. It doesn't have to get the heart rates up, but just getting your body moving, getting your mm. joints moving, getting your heart rates up a little bit is, is, is for me the best way to recover. I mean, sleep, I really focus on trying to get at least eight hours. I know that's my golden spot to get eight hours. If I get less than seven, I can definitely feed it the next day. Mm. So I make a real big effort to do that. If I've got an early start, I'll have an early night. But yeah, movement for me, it feels like the best recovery. I mean, I do a little bit of ice baths and stuff like that. They're kind of fun, but I'm not 100% sure how much it actually helps for recovery. For me, I feel like sleep and movement are the two big factors for me. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that, you know, that eight hours, sure, occasionally there's a a, a party or something going on or you, the, the, the kids are keeping you up, whatever else, but to try and keep that eight hours. And then, again, movement, just, just keep moving the next day, even if it's walking to a meeting or just going out for a... Mm. A, a talking meeting, I quite often have meetings just, you know, on, on, on my phone, but walking around the woods locally. Yep. It's, yeah, the, the perfect kind sure. of recovery. Better than sitting still. I think it gets the juices flowing as well, right? Gets the mental creative juices going when you're when you're walking around rather than just sort of sitting down. So I'm a believer in that. And yeah. I've actually been reflecting about alcohol recently as well. I, I'm considering just cutting it out completely and altogether. Mm -hmm. I've always been okay with drink. And I can't remember the last time I actually got drunk. But even if I have one or two wines, I just don't feel quite as sharp the next day. And my weekends, yeah. well, at the moment, I've just got so much on. I'm actually working at least one day on the weekend. But I just... Even if I'm not working, whether I am, I either want to be sharp or I want to be resting completely. So I've been considering cutting out alcohol, or maybe just limiting, limiting it to one glass. And again, that's something mm. that just seems to have got harder and harder with each passing year. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. We should compare, we should compare notes on that, Jack, as we go forward. Just, um, <laughs> sure. just uh, also the, the, the plethora now of, of really good alcohol-free beer. I'm not sure about wine. Well, mm. I am the alcohol-free wine that I've tried is, is. It's not not up to um standard not the same but yeah the number of alcohol free beers that are out there is 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 great and i think there's something psychological about having a beer right it's more just the taste i feel i don't yeah. really feel like it's the alcohol i might be wrong i don't really drink non-alcoholic beer but yeah i should give it a go because i think just having that satisfying sip as long as it tastes the same it's probably mm -hmm. going to do the job yeah no it's really after yeah after a round of golf or after a heavy workout you know to have a, a nice erdinger alcohol free mm -hmm. Yeah, cloudy wheat beer, really, and, and it, yeah, it, it really hits the spot, and can you can keep hitting the spot, and then drive home, or nice, yeah, or, of course, or even at home, you know, get up the next day and bounce out of bed and go and do a workout. Mm. So mm. it feels yeah. good if you've gone out and you, everyone's been drinking and you haven't, and you wake up the next day feeling fresh and ready to take on the world. Mm. So yeah, I want more of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, watch this space on that one. Maybe there's <laughs> a maybe there's some future thoughts there. Let's get on then, Jack, to your dream gym. 
you've got unlimited resource that can be anywhere in the world and anything's possible. What does it look like? Mm, anywhere in the world. I hadn't quite thought of that. I think anywhere. I just love New York. I love the fitness scene in New York. Okay. I love the energy of the city. So I might have it somewhere in New York, I think. Sorry, Bangkok. That's where I've had my whole fitness career. But if it's going to be anywhere, I'd say New York. Mm -hmm. If funds are unlimited, I, I quite like the multi-discipline approach, right? Like One Rebel, they have lots of different concepts that they have. They just introduced Pilates. So I do like that. But my issue with it is usually the standards aren't particularly high with them. They try and bite off a little bit more than they can chew. One Rebel mm. does a fantastic job with their different concepts, but often it's the one that really focuses on one concept that does the best. So maybe two or three different concepts would be good. A boxing concept. This is, of course, at the boutique premium end of the market that's where i am from that's where i feel most comfortable so it'd be class-based sessions perhaps a personal training option i was actually in dubai we're doing some research for the fit guide we'll launch there later this year and one rebel in dubai had their first open gym concept that they've done and that was mm -hmm. really cool that was really cool because the classes are great and they've got the boxing concept there. They have the the running and floor strength work concepts. I think they have Pilates there as well. But they also have this open gym that members could use. So that would be really cool. Okay. Something really slick. Maybe the price is so high that it's not that busy would be nice as well. But mm -hmm. still busy enough so that there's a vibe, I think, is important. What else would I have? And I think actually, you know, although I said that the sort of newer recovery tools, I don't feel have a massive impact on me. I do actually just really enjoy them and I do really like them. So having a sauna, having a steam room, having an ice bath would actually be good. And now that I'm talking, Guy, I did say that I want it to be expensive, but I don't want it to be exclusive. I don't want it to have that exclusive pretentious feel. That mm -hmm. is important as well. So maybe with the pricing, we find the balance where it's not too packed. It's not really busy on all the time, but it doesn't have a pretentious vibe. It's very community-based. Everyone feels good there. We're mm -hmm. certainly hanging out afterwards. There's a smoothie bar, so we're chatting there. We're going to Spartan races together. We get together for Saturday nights out, stuff like that every now and again. I think the way the industry's gone to be more community-based, I'm so behind, and I love how that's happened, and I think it's brought so many more people into fitness. Mm. My dream gym definitely has to have that. Cool. And is there a, is there an angle within the pub for that? You know, you talk about people going out or going out to, a, obviously, off to a Spartan race, probably, but a few of the dream gyms we've had have had bars or, or goodness knows, libraries, games rooms, things like that in them that's to cool. bring that community vibe together. No, I like that a lot. Bars. So I went to Grip Boxing in New York and they famously have a bar and they've had a really successful PR campaign all around that. I mean, as I said, Guy, I'm not really trying to drink anymore. So doing actual real shots afterwards, I think would be a little bit much. But hey, we could have the 0% Erdinger, something yep. like that. Maybe some, I don't know, some ginger vitamin shots or something along those lines. Yeah, shots, as well yeah. as alcoholic shots, if people yeah, wanted shots, to do them. Shots don't have to, they don't have to be Sambuca. They don't have to be on fire. Mm. They, they could be mm. just spinach and uh, ginger and yeah, whatever. I like that. But I think it had to have both options, I think. If someone does want to have a drink and does want to have a beer, totally fine. Again, I quite like the One Rebel Champagne Fridays that they used to have. You know, you had a glass of bubbly after the Friday night class. I think that's kind of cool. I think that creates a vibe. So even though mm. I'm trying to get away from alcohol a little bit more, I'm actually quite okay. As long as we've got non-alcoholic and alcoholic options, I like that. I think that's quite a nice touch. Yeah, and it's really important. There's been a few people lately. I don't know if you'd call them influencers, but I oh know, listen, Sue Anstis is. I'll give her a shout out. Who has been quite vociferous about the fact that, you know, you go to a, a fitness industry event and as you go through the door, you're offered a glass of champagne or maybe a beer 
And if you don't want a champagne or a beer, you're basically sent to the bar to queue up and ask for a glass of water or something. (laughs) Yeah. But so choice, choice is the, is the point there. And it's saying, yeah, we've got this, but we've also got this, you know, Mm. mix and match, have one, then have the other, or you're giving people the choice a bit like on the, on the pricing side. I don't know how we'd work that out, but I like that it's, yeah, it's exclusive. It's not busy, but not pretentious. Yeah, you, you are, it's, yeah, it's not pretentious. It's, you're giving people mm. options to come in and you want to get that community going. So, yeah, choice is interesting. You should say that because whenever we've had events or we've launched locations and we've had parties, we've always had a, an option of two. We've always worked with like a local juice company or something like that and had green juices and stuff if people want that. So actually, it's funny you should say that because that's definitely something that we consider that not everyone wants to drink. But it's also quite nice in a gym environment that people realize, oh, you know, coaches drink as well. They have alcohol. They don't live like nuns and monks the whole time as well. And that's quite a nice message to get out, I think, as well, that, you know, balance balance is okay. okay Absolutely. That's what that's what fitness always was for me when I when I wasn't in the industry. It was balancing, you know, going for a few beers after work with having me into the gym at lunchtime. It was mm. always about balance. Mm. And yeah, it's it's great you do that and give people a choice. And I think, you know, ultimately always, I know it's, some people say it's boring, but always have water as a choice. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But, yes, but maybe showing... in my dream gym, I would have water with the, you know, the fruits in it. I quite like that when it has the mints and the citrus and the yeah. strawberries and stuff like that. It's my dream gym. I can do what I want. So I'm going to have fruit flavored water. Awesome. Yeah. I love it that. <laughs> And to, 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 to go into one of those points a little bit more, guys, yeah, sure. I'm thinking now as we're talking about this. So, yeah, with the smoothie bar and with the community, I think the kind of hangout area, the lounge area is particularly important, right? It needs to help to stoke the fires of the community. It needs to encourage people to meet each other more, you know, whether that's a bar or whether that's seating, which kind of encourages you to sit with other people. I've seen some gyms that kind of have a long table. We have one at base. And so you often just get chatting to people around the table as well. So I think the design Mm. is quite important to really encourage meeting other people. And then with that, having the staff that drive that as well. So having either front desk staff, reception staff, whether it's coaches, they often have to drive the community a little bit. And it can often be as small as just like, hey, Jack, meet Guy. You know, Guy's new here. You know, Jack's been training here for five years. And we might have just kind of been ignoring each other for five minutes. But as soon as someone says that, I'm like, hey, Guy, nice to meet you. We get Chang, we become mates, and we have a 0% beer together afterwards. So I think that's an important ingredient and element as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I, I love yeah, the idea of a long table. It's, you know, Wagamama have done it forever, I think. But it's, you're going there, you are sitting with other people, you know, you've not got little tables for one, tables for two, tables for the, it, it is, there's that community as you're mm. taking someone their black coffee or their 0%, it's like, yeah, this, here's someone else like you. Right. You know? And it might just be a hello there and then, but the next time you see that person in the club, you might then get chatting. You know what I find funny, Guy, Base, that sometimes all we need to say as a coach, because we have stations where you'd have three or four people together. And again, no one's really talking to each other. You know how it is. And especially yeah. in Asia, people aren't usually as forthcoming. But all the coach needs to say is, okay, guys, say hello to the person next to you. Meet the other people in your station. And you look around and everyone's kind of giving high fives or fist bumps or handshakes. And suddenly they're talking. And then you notice them talking afterwards. And all it took was that little push from the coach, that little verbal push over the mic. And suddenly you start to see the community kind of build. So, yeah, it's an important role, I think, for staff to make sure that's happening. Yeah, one of the key, coming back to experiences, one of the key things of, of experience is, you know, people are going to a club because a club is a group of like-minded people. You know, there are those people have so much in common. Right. Uh, all you need to do is find that spark and, uh, and get them chatting 
and uh, away they go, hopefully. But if that's part of the role of your staff, which I'm guessing are a key part of your dream, Jim, you know, having having those experiential staff who are looking out for people, um, not just not just giving them a smoothie or a beer, but making sure that they're connected as well. Is there anything else that the staff are doing at your dream club? Yeah, for sure. So if I think about my dream gym, it's quite centered around really what we've created at the Fit Guide. So we have 250 standards that we go through when we do an evaluation. And most of them are about service or about people. About 75% of them are around service. 25% is like the physical structure of the gym, the cleanliness, the equipment, the facilities, the showers, stuff like that. So most of it is about the people, right? They're what build the experience. And so I don't think the fitness industry is doing a good enough job to really connect with clients to really show them that they care about them. They care about their goals. So even little things like knowing your name when you walk through the door, right? Like in cheers, everybody knows your name. You come yeah. in, they say, Hey Jack, how's it going? You know, did you get wet outside? I see that it's raining. Oh, you're in base field today, which is one of our sessions. You know, which station do you want to start on? They just make that journey very seamless and very easy, very hospitable, right? I don't think mm. we do having visited many of the world's leading gyms. I just don't think generally we do. A very good job with this and then the front desk staff should kind of pass you on to that next person who might be the coach or might be someone who's joining the class or maybe another coach who isn't joining the class but as a coach but is actually joining as a client you know i will often join classes so maybe if the front desk staff introduce a new person to me and i can kind of welcome them into the facility into mm -hmm. the concepts and so it's kind of like this seamless journey of people that really want to do a good job. They really care. They want to help people get fitter, stronger, healthier. Everyone on the team wants to build this amazing community and wants base or whatever the gym is to be special. And I think if you can harness that kind of culture and environment, that's really where where great things happen. And that's where I think the top gyms have really got it right. Yeah. So it's take, taking people on the journey, but not not the, 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 the retention, not the kind of process journey, more of a... As a hotel, have you visited? Have you stayed with us before? Right? Mm. Do you, you know, what, what, where can I do? You, we don't get taken to our rooms so much anymore, unless you're watching a James Bond film, I think. <laughs> but that's what used to happen, right? That was hospitality. So taking people on that journey and introducing them to the next person along the line mm. is really important. It's a combination of like box ticking, which sounds very procedural, right? And sounds a bit cold, but it is that but coupled with people that really care and really understand that a consistent journey and having all of these touch points is important. And so when you have this, this formula, which is followed, plus people that really care and really want to do an amazing job and understand why we're doing all these things, that's kind of where the magic happens. You, know, mm. you can't really have a consistent experience without the box ticking, but you have to get the people that kind of get why you're doing it that way. So in yeah. my dream gym, every single member of staff gets it, understands it, and puts 100% into it. Amazing. Okay, cool. And just quickly, so on that multidiscipline area, you talked about one of the clubs in Dubai, but the, the so boxing, running, kind of floor-based stuff. Is Pilates important to you as well in your dream club? Not me personally, no. So it's okay. it's very much a trend at the moment, right? There's a lot of mm. clubs that are offering it and it's doing very well. But for me personally, I guess we will exclude the Pilates because I just don't do it. Although I did do a concept called Strong Pilates in Singapore recently, which was a reformer with a concept to rower built into it. They've just come mm -hmm. into the UK as well. And they've got a bike that's built into the reformer. And I did actually really enjoy that. It was kind of an easy entry into Pilates mm. with some stuff that I kind of knew and understand, like concept to rowing. And so that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Okay. 
But so, so, so the, the multidiscipline, so not Pilates, but that it's that whole class-based PT hit workouts around a, a, a rig or a, what, yeah. what else? Yeah. Yeah. I think some proper strength training. Yeah. So mm. we've definitely got a rig in there with kettlebells. That's a, been a huge part of my training for the last 10 years. I've entered a few competitions in the past. So we've definitely got some kettlebells in there. We've got some barbells. We've got dumbbells, CRX. Yeah. A rig for sure. I do like to smash out the cardio every now and again. As I mentioned before, I try not to go too hard, even though I, I feel like I want to every time I jump on. But yeah, we've got assault air runners, so the curved treadmills. Yep. I do really enjoy those. I prefer those now than the motorized treadmills. Mm -hmm. Assault bikes are fun. Rowers are fun. I love climber or versa climbers. So versa climber is the legacy kit. Climber is the new kind of tech-based one. I think those are awesome. Definitely mm -hmm. got to have some of those in the gym for sure. I've done a few cool class concepts, BXR in London, Rise Nation in the US. Those are really, really cool concepts using climber. So I definitely throw that in as well. In fact, I'll even have a note, my own climber studio. So something like BXR in London and climb mm -hmm. to the beat that uses versa climbers. That's awesome. I love the concepts. They're playing the kind of music I like, UK Garage. UK house, this kind of stuff, drum and yeah. bass. So I'll throw some of that in the mix as well. Showing my age a little bit there with UK garage and drum and bass. Not at all. But again, it's my gym. I'll do what I want. <laughs> Absolutely. And you mentioned the tech a little bit. You mentioned my zone earlier. Is there any specific tech that you need other than good, a good sound system to put that drum and bass out through? Oh, definitely a pumping sound system. No doubt yeah. about that. And that's something we've invested in at base and when you go to one rebels in your barriers boot camps you can see they put a lot into the sound system and i think mm -hmm. that's important even a little thing like having a really good quality mic so you can really hear the instructor well and then having an instructor that's really clear when they speak i think that's really important as well so investing into all of that technology right my zone's fun i do enjoy it i've been using it for a long time even before we introduced it into base so why not let's have my zone in there never really played around with whoop but i see they've got some really initiative really interesting initiatives around strength training now as well so it kind of knows what you're doing i'm not sure if it knows weights or reps but that's all that's always cool that kind of stuff i think it's like mm. a nice supplement you know mm. to your training it's a little bit motivating it's a little bit fun to see i do like leaderboards but i like having an opt-out option so at base, we have the technology is mostly centered around how much are you improving? So it mm. really is for everyone. You can opt out of the leaderboards. So if you don't want to be up on the screen, if you don't want people to see your score or how you ranked, you can opt out. But I think having that option is really cool and really nice. Even though I need to be careful not to get too excited and too competitive, I do really like having that option. So my yeah. dream gym will have kind of leaderboards and scoreboards, but we'll have opt out options. So again, it's not you know, a massive, it's not a CrossFit competition who can do the most reps yeah, or, or yeah. kind of the most output. Yeah, they are, they are really cool. And I think generally they motivate the already motivated, you know, talking to kind of my retention right. background, but yeah, I often see people standing around on my wellness leaderboard in, in a club or our supporters on the last series, Braun, have got some really cool stuff coming through in terms of strength, nice. strength leaderboards, which yeah, it will motivate the already motivated so it would motivate yourself to stay on the top <laughs> or to try and stay on the top it, it, it works a treat for me whenever i've done the cycling classes like peloton yeah. if i'm like 14th i'm always looking at a 13th guy or girl like yeah. can i beat them can i get to where they are so it, it works an absolute treat on me and what we do see sometimes which is nice is that people come in and they're not into the competition side of it but as they get stronger and as they get fitter they kind of get more into it which is which is cool but yeah. i think as long as they can use the tech to see how much you know are, are you beating yourself one week one month one year ago i think as long as that's in there then i think the competitive that's elements are nice add-on 
That's right. And I think that's what, you know, one, I know one of Broadbauer's mantras is, you know, making lifting more inclusive. So, you know, bringing more people into it. And I think challenges like you've been talking about a little bit, Jack, on, you know, the, the idea of community. Let's lift the Eiffel Tower this month as a club, or let's lift this many blue whales. I don't know. But the point is you're doing it individually, but as a club. And every little helps. And, you know, it could be that while I don't lift very much at all, I'm the one who kind of achieves the target with my whatever five reps of something. So it's it's that community idea of everyone's in and everyone's right. doing this as a club. So yeah, it's, it's, like it's really good to bring people together. Challenges shouldn't just mm. always be really challenging. They can also, you know, let's swim across the Atlantic together. Yeah, as, yeah. As a, or row across the Atlantic on your concept too. So yeah, those kind no, of I liked together. that a lot. Yeah, because when we were when we were looking at some of the features we could add into baseline, we were looking at like oh the average distances or average speeds. But the trouble is with stuff like that is people might feel as though that well they will be pulling down the average, right? There'll be like a drain on the team if you did had some sort of metric like that to have team mm-hmm. against team. Mm-hmm. So I much prefer that, right? How many meters can you row? Yeah, yeah, how much weight can you lift? And we're all in this together, and every single little bit that we do is towards the common goal. I like it. Yeah. Otherwise, you could name the person who's going to win the Tour de France cycling challenge that, at, at the moment because it's going to be the, the keenest cyclist in the club. But if it's something that everyone can do, then yeah, it's it's much nicer. Or that was another example I was thinking of just then. But yeah, ro- rowing across the Atlantic is great. I think rowing's a good one. The rowing, some of the rowing concepts I've tried, I've quite liked how mm-hmm. they've done that. Yeah, you know, even like you're doing it in unison, and it's got the meters that you're all doing up on the board. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. But the leader, the leaderboards, and the tech is is great to you know motivate everyone as a community, as well as yeah, you you, you occasionally need to motivate the people who can lift the most and say yes, well done, you're the top of the leaderboard. But you know, different classes, different handicap systems, yeah. whatever else is is cool. Different events, a la, a la yeah. CrossFit game style again. Back to that. Hmm. I think um, as long as the vibe is like everyone feels welcome, you can have like, yeah, your hardcore events, you know, your strongmans or whatever you want to do. It's fine to have those as like individual events, but as long as that doesn't kind of seep into the culture of the whole place and it's all about, you know, lifting as much as you can or smashing out as much as you can. Mm-hmm. I think it's once you've got that strong established vibe and culture, you can veer off and do a few other little things catering to a few more of your niches. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I, I, I guess the next one may be a bit tricky because it always is when, you've, when you already own your own club. But do you have a, a name in mind for your dream mm-hmm. gym? Or is this an Might extension the same of your existing gym just in New York? I feel like, I mean, there was a time when my dream was to open base in New York. That just would have been, you know, awesome. And yeah, that was kind of before everything went mental a few years ago. So I feel like it would be a little bit traitorous to not call it base. I do. So I used to have a clothing export business before I launched, before I got into the fitness industry. And I ran that for about seven years. It was kind of my first business, my first foray into entrepreneurialism. And it was called Concrete Jungle Clothing. And it was just because I got the clothing in Bangkok. Concrete Jungle just sounded kind of cool. And then when we set up base, the company that we had, the holding company, it was called Concrete Jungle Co.Limited. limited and i've always just liked that because it's jungle is like yeah movement active primal movements all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. whereas concrete is the city right and i've been in bangkok for 20 years now i grew up in bristol which isn't quite bangkok but it's still a city so maybe concrete jungle or maybe some kind of spin on that yep. i think i'd have to sort of get concrete jungle in there somewhere okay because it's always kind of be a part of what i'm doing so yeah either base or concrete jungle or i think it's something totally different 
Nice. Where did Base come from? What was, what was the idea of that name? Oh, man, it took us a long time to get there. It was one of these sort of naming journeys that you go on that just takes like months and months and has lists and lists everywhere. And we just floated so many words. And it got to that stage when you're trying to name something when like nothing sounds good. And actually, bass was an early suggestion. I just quite liked the sound of it. We wanted something that was easy to say, that was one syllable. And one of the partners I was working with kind of dismissed it. They thought in Thailand, people would think bass as low as feet. And in Asia, that's not you know, not, mm. not a good thing. Mm. And I was actually running by some old names with a friend. And he, as soon as I said bass, he was like, bass is sick. Bass, you know, see you back at bass. Let's go to bass. And he just thought it's had a really good ring to it. And also, yeah. you know, so our, our tagline was build your base. You know, we're about building a strong foundation, about doing things right. So, you know, I think bass as a word doesn't mean much. But when you say build your base, mm. it sounds more powerful. It has more meaning. So once we started going through the branding process, it really started to kind of come alive. And the partner that didn't like the name in the end loved it. And I did a survey as well for Thai people. You know, how do you feel about the word base? Is it neutral? Is it positive? Is it negative? No one said negative. Everyone kind of said neutral. They didn't really feel anything about it. And I think often the best brand names are just sort of neutral words that you're then left to build the brand around and to build the vibe and to build the feeling. So yeah, it took a while to get there, but that's what we landed on. <laughs> nice. And yeah, but as you say, yeah, neutral word, but then build your base and all the other things that you can do with base. Different spelling, but drum and bass. But... Exactly. Exactly. We were actually yeah. going to have a class with a play on words, something like that, have a massive sound system. We never did that in the end, but yeah. it's nice to have a word that you can play around with a little bit. My first gym that I worked in was called The Lab. And so again, they used to have like a kids program called Lab Rats. And they used to have like, you know, on, on holidays, it'd be like closed for experiments, little things like that. Right. And so yeah. it's quite nice to have a brand name that you can play around with a bit, I think. But for but for your dream gym, the, the, for this, for this, you know, it's not an extension of base because it is concrete jungle. So concrete jungle is in New York. Let's call it that. Let's call yeah. it concrete jungle. I like it. So and, and multidiscipline priced, um, reassuringly expensively, but, <laughs> yeah. but not exclusively. Right. That, that's, yes, that's, that's right. So maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you, you got it nailed. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and yeah, fo focus on the community. The smoothie bar is a big part, but the experience and the staff are, are, are really kind of big, a key part of your dream gym mm, absolutely yeah 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 cool. again just thinking of the, the fit guide process and what we like to see yeah that 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 willingness to connect that attempt to connect that attempt to pull people together i think that's yeah that's essential i think we've got that at base i think we work very hard on our front desk team but even more so in concrete jungle yeah it's got to be that and then the rest I'm just thinking now, a really expensive gym in New York, it's going to be full of wankers, isn't it? Let's be honest. Maybe we need to bring the price down a little bit okay. just to get some cool people there. We'll play around with that. It's my yeah. dream gym. Let's say I'm so rich, it doesn't even matter. So I'm going to play around with the price until we get the kind of people that I want yeah. to hang out with there. That's cool. And it's, I, I think it's a really, I knew it would be a really interesting balance track with some of the guests we've had on who have said, you know, it is, it is free for all, you know, the Andy Kings and the, some of the more, public measure operators from the UK. And that's, put, yeah, it's important for me to have that kind of balance of guests as well. But yeah, some people go, it is all, you know, super, super exclusive. And at the other end of the scale, we've got super in, all inclusive, but uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, what, you don't uh, want it like too open, right? You want it to have the kind of people, I guess, you know, I want it to attract the kind of people that I, that I would like to hang out with, right? I think that's an important yeah. part of a community. You can't have it a bit too broad, right? Just get yeah, absolutely anyone's welcome. I no. think, you know, you, you and, and, and naturally, if you create something, a, a strong experience, you do create like-minded people coming together, right? That's, that's the end result of it. 
which is which is what you want. You don't want you know everyone off the street in New York in your dream gym because then all of a sudden it's <laughs> not it's not your dream gym, is it? Right, exactly. Yeah, probably not very safe either if yeah. it's in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. So, a couple of quick fire questions. Sure. Just to just to finish things off, let's think about what if do you have a, a pre or post workout fuel strategy? We've talked about smoothies or beers or coffee. What what do you have before you work out or after you work out? Or do, is it not? I really... just don't like to eat. If I train in the morning, I really don't like to eat, and I don't even really like if I'm running like a half marathon or 10k, let's say something like that. I don't really do half marathons anymore. And doing mm. like an event, I would have like a coconut and banana smoothie. Nice. Like one glass that would kind of sort of keep me going. Like the mm. Spartan race, I'll definitely do something like that. But if I'm training in the morning, I don't like to consume anything, just water. Even yeah. like I had a drink the other day, actually, like with too much fake sweetener in it. It's like a flavored water thing. And I was yeah. like, never again. Just going to stick to flavored water. As I said, I'll stick to the flavored water. Flavored water and then afterwards, gym. yeah, I don't do anything particularly really. I just sort of look at my whole overall nutritional approach afterwards. I don't look to. You know, yeah, maybe maybe an electrolyte or something if I've really gone very, very hard, but I don't typically have a have a strong routine. Just kind of okay. try and have a 80-20 approach to overall nutrition. Yeah. Keep it simple, right? Let's what about the what about the the dinner party guest question? Who would be your two, you know, alive or dead wor workout buddies? I get two, do I? Interesting. Workout buddies or dinner party buddies or, or sorry, or... workout buddies. Who's who? Who would be your yeah your perfect workout guests that are going to do either do a workout with you or maybe they're going to PT you or maybe it's just someone to chat to while you're. So one I'll go with who was really inspirational to me when I first got into podcasting and first opened my gym, which was Bedros Koulian. I don't listen to him so much anymore. I feel like his message is really good for people kind of coming into the industry and starting their own businesses and trying to get in the right mindset. So I don't feel like it talks to me as much now, but listening to his podcast, like back in the day, 2016, 2017, which is so helpful, helped me get in the right mindset and largely inspired me to set up my own podcast as well. So I will say Bedros Koulian for sure. Who else? Who else would I have? Maybe Arnie. Such a legend in the industry, right? Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. I think he'd just be a fun guy to have at the dinner party. Bedros Koulian and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to go with those two. I think that'd be a fun chat. That would be, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it would certainly be a good workout, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Arnie spotting you and then you spotting him. <laughs> Maybe with Bedros's help. Yep, yep. I think that's good. I like awesome. it. Okay, brilliant. Listen, Jack, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great hearing about concrete jungle your dream gym yes um, thank you mate yeah really people want to it. reach out and connect then obviously you're all over linkedin and they can find that is that remind us of the the fit guide url Fit, yeah the fitguide.com so nice and easy or you can just type the fit guide into google basebangkok.com if people want to see what i get up to operating my gym in bangkok mm -hmm. and linkedin jack thomas it probably should come up but if not slash fitness business asia LinkedIn, so the, I think slash IN slash Fitness Business yeah. Asia is the way to find me. So that's the podcast. So yeah, Fitness Business Asia podcast. There's 250 plus episodes out there to go and get your teeth yes. into people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So half of those are solo episodes, me talking about mostly my experiences through base, but also visiting the world's best gyms. I talk about that a lot, especially now. And then the other half are interviews with guests, mostly Asia based, but there's still a lot that anyone around the world can learn and we've got some fantastic yeah. guests on there so yeah check it out fitness business asia again very easy to find just type that in anywhere awesome thanks for your time jack look forward to catching up with you again soon thank you guy appreciate it
Hi, it's Guy back again with the thank yous and shout outs, details of our next guest. As always, to start with, a big thanks to you for listening to this episode. We hope that you enjoyed it um, and that you enjoyed hearing about the Fit Guide and Jack Thomas's Dream Gym Concrete Jungle, based out of New York City, the multidisciplinary premium experiential gym. Sounds very, very cool to me. Thanks also, as always, to Orbit4. Please don't forget to check out how you can make your gym asset management a dream at orbit4.org. I've got a couple of favours, please. If you would like to help us on The Collective, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. Share it with your friends, review it if possible. Um, That will help us to help you grow. And if you know anyone who would like to get involved, either as a guest or as a supporter, then please get in touch on the socials or email me direct, guy at ggfit.com. One more thing, please also check out our other collective conversations, the Business of PT podcast with Adam Daniel and Health Seeker Stories, which went live yesterday, the 31st of July, 2023. Next week on Your Dream Gym, we will be chatting to Ryan Palmer, CEO of Central YMCA in London. So look out for that in your podcast stream if you subscribe. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you soon.